In a series of videos, we've been going through the material called Know Your Bible Better, which you can download the website ncmi.net. This is the final video recording in that series, and we're going to be looking at chapter 6 in that book, which is on page 62. I ask you to go look at the other videos or read the book before you watch this video and work through the exercises that have been presented before we get to the section. In this section, we're looking at how to have God's Word live in you. That is ultimately what we're trying to do. We try to have the living Word of God dwell in you. Like Colossians 3 verse 16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, thankfulness in your hearts to God. So it would be foolish to learn to know how to know the Bible better and yet never get to the point where it actually makes a change in your life. The whole point of getting to know the Bible is to have it work in you and perform what God sets out to do, to renew you into the image of Christ and to sanctify you and transform you. As John 17, 17 says, as Jesus said this, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So it's God's word that literally sanctifies you, makes you like Jesus. You could say that the Holy Spirit lives in the words of God. And when those God words are in you, the Holy Spirit does his work. Now, according to the scriptures, as we've seen in our course up to now, and we've seen this material up to now, is that Jesus himself is the word and the word is God. This is in John verse 1. It's a beautiful mystery. We can't explain it in full detail. But what we do know is that when God speaks, his word accomplishes things. We see this in Jesus' word, and we see this in Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow come down, from verse 10, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but walks the earth, making it break forth and sprouts, giving seed for sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be God's word that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. In Genesis, we see all of creation is spoken into existence by God's own words. So as God's word creates all there is, so God's word creates new life in you. Believe it, Jesus. This is why Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. God's word brings faith and recreates you, Holds you into his image. This does not mean that the Bible is the fourth member of the Trinity. And it doesn't mean that the Spirit of God is limited to the Bible alone. But as we see in Romans 10 verse 17, the context is about hearing. The Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, born, raised, and lived, ascended to heaven, and giving of his Spirit, is what will bring life. And this has to be proclaimed. This has to be taught, has to be preached, has to be spoke, has to be read, has to be written about, and this brings life. You could say that God works through his message, the message of faith in Christ as the means of salvation, and this message is ultimately found in the Bible. So this is what Psalm 119 says from, nine, uh, from verse 9 to 12. It says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, 
teaching you your statutes. Now, the Hebrew word for law, which is the word Torah, sometimes refers to the actual books of the law, Genesis to Deuteronomy, and sometimes it's actually a more loose word that refers to God's entire teaching, his whole teaching. So if we look at this through the lens of the New Testament, we know that God's teaching is salvation to the uttermost, as Hebrews 7 verse 25 says. By faith alone, through Christ alone. It's this word, if this word of salvation is hidden in our hearts, it works wonders. So what we want to do now is go through a very basic method that helps you to hide the word in your heart, as Psalm 119 says. If you do this, open yourself to God's spirit in transforming you and sanctifying you. This is what Mark Luther said about this uh, that we're about to go through. He said, I want you to know how to study theology in the right way. I've practiced this method myself, the method of which I'm speaking, is the one which the Holy King David teaches in Psalm 119. Here you will find three rules. They are frequently proposed throughout the psalm, and this is what they are. Oratio, meditatio, and tentatio. Prayer, meditation, and trial. In this course, in this study, we've tried to be clear that Scripture is undergirded by prayer, and we've been examining how to meditate on Scripture, tools and ways to do that. But now we want to turn to the last part, which is trial. As you let Scripture become your first and final authority, you find yourself often entering into a struggle that you can that you could describe as wrestling. You wrestle with God and wrestle with what He is doing to you. You find that maybe you lived your life, you know, your your life in a particular way before. Scripture comes and challenges you to live it differently, and now you wrestle with God about this. And then you find the gospel that there is peace. So speaking of this, Luther also said this. He said, this is the touchstone which teaches you not only to know and understand, but also to experience how right, how true, how sweet, how loving, how mighty, how comforting God's word is. Wisdom beyond all wisdom. One is reminded of Jacob in Genesis 32 where he wrestled with God and after he has this wrestling, he's renamed and made a new person. He's renamed into Israel and for the rest of his life he walks with the limp. He has been affected for the rest of his life by this wrestling with God. That's what scripture does to us. It tears down your pride and makes you deal with difficult things of life. It brings tension into your life perhaps that you never had to deal with before. You're facing decisions that maybe before were easy but now are difficult to make as you realize your ways are not God's ways or God is expecting something from you. There are things that you'll find in the scripture that will concern you and bug you and make you wonder about God and life. And then there are things that will come and delight you, and make you happy and comfort you, and tell you what God is really like, and bring peace and rest to you and God. The Bible will take you through the wilderness, but will always bring you to the promised land in the end. You will realize that despite all the land winds, which we see in the book of Revelation, Yes, two things God's word will always do, and it's good to remember this. God's word will always present you these two realities. Number one, the law. As you come to know God's will and his ways in the Bible, you're presented with God's standard. And when you're presented with that, you're presented with the realization that you fall short of the standard. You fall short of the mark. You are a sinful human being. You'll find pain in realizing this, and you'll find guilt. 
Scripture functions as a mirror, James 1 verse 23 says, and shows you what you look like. And you might be tempted to look away and ignore what it says because the pain of dealing it or there's too much. Scripture will do this to you, but it doesn't leave you there. There are two words in God's Bible, the law and the gospel. And his final word is the gospel. After he reveals to you who you are and what needs to change, he brings you the gospel. We realize that we run to God for our salvation, for our justification and our sanctification before him, that we are meant to be found in Christ, that he is meant to be our righteousness, and we are meant to rely on his word and on his Holy Spirit. And so when we realize that we fall short, we are to put our faith ever more deeply into Christ. When we fall into sin and to temptation, we are to put our faith ever more deeply into Christ. We're not to try and clean ourselves, not to try and make ourselves better. We are to realize that we are not able to be righteous without Christ. We need his righteousness to cover us. We need to live in his righteousness and we need his Holy Spirit to move us forward. We realize that all our techniques, methods, and little spiritualities that we have to get faith with God, all our self-righteousness gets us nowhere, only into more trouble. And it's not, um, it's not, it's whose we are that counts. If we belong to Christ, who we really are, is no longer a simple human being, but a new creation. So we live in God's grace. God brings us his law and he brings us his gospel through the scriptures. Like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. This has happened to you. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Or Romans 6, verse 6 and 7 says this, says, We know that our old man is crucified with Christ. So that the body of sin would no longer dominate us. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For someone who has died has been freed from sin. You see the wrestling that takes place when we read scriptures, we get law and we get his gospel. And it's in this tension that we will be tested. Our faith will be tested. The devil even will come to test. Um, but Jesus has defeated the devil in his works. As we've seen 1 John 3, 8 and Hebrews 2 verse 14. So as you meditate upon scripture again and again, God's grace will come to you and energize your life toward love to others, towards a love that looks like Christ. It's through God's forgiveness that you will forgive, through his unconditional love that you love, through his gentleness that you are gentle to others, through his truth proclaimed to us that we proclaim the truth in love and so on. Grace falls upon grace. So you will be tempted to disbelieve the gospel. When you sin, you're tempted to disbelieve the gospel. You're tempted to believe that you must make this right rather than rely on Christ. When you're going well, when things are going well, you're tempted to disbelieve the gospel. You'll be tempted to believe that you're going right, that things are going right, and look how amazing you are, look how righteous you are. Maybe God owes you something, or look just how wonderful you are and compare yourself. You'll be tempted to disbelieve the gospel that your righteousness is found in Christ and Christ alone. The voice of the devil and the world will come to draw you away to make you believe in the world's philosophies and ways of life. But only God's truth sets free. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. And so we run to Jesus in him all the more. Get his word into you and live in it. Meditate on the word all the more as you go. Let the gospel become your life. Put more faith in Jesus. For this is what it says, Romans 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave life for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? 
Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. He was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, you and me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we'll be killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus our Lord. There are many spiritual techniques that promise to give you peace. But the fact of the matter is that the Bible doesn't ask you to exercise spiritual techniques to find peace and rest. Rather, it requires you to simply Put yourself in the firing line of God's word already spoken, already given for you and to you. Do you remember anything from the series of videos, from this uh, this course that we've been going through, this material? Remember to let the Bible happen to you. Let it become your God. Believe what it says, that Christ died for you. And that is how it goes from words simply on a page to living words, dividing both and marrow, and conform me to the image of Christ. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, For this Kabbalah that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, We will ascend to heaven for us, bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, You will go over the sea for us, and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. So that you 